understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. It's your girl, Jessica Hurley, and man, I have let you guys down. Like, it's been a hot minute. Matter of fact, I don't think I've dropped an episode in... I'm scared to say two weeks. I think it's been two weeks. I'm so disappointed. Not because of my inconsistency for you guys. No offense. But my inconsistency because I constantly tell my clients all the time that consistency is the wave. Like that's the only way to create a popular podcast is consistency and recording content even when you don't want to. But it's never been that I didn't want to. It's that I made the mistake of thinking that during my travels, I could do this. And I've done it before. But I went to if you guys uh, have been following me, I went to a four day conference last week. Literally, the conference was from 8am to 10pm, four nights in a row. And I was like, yeah, I'll just do it there. And um, no, didn't work out at all. I was too busy, too engulfed in the content. It was an incredible event. I learned so much like you want to talk about propelling your personal business relationship, all of it forward. Um, this was it. I, I hate to say it like this because it's only January, but I'm I'm 99% certain that's the best event I will go to all year, the best investment I've ever made. Side note, I'm telling you right now, if you intend to grow, if you intend to be better than you've ever been, if you intend to transform, create something for to impact lives, to finally take the responsibility that you've been given to give your gift to the world, you're going to need to invest. You need to learn from people that are doing better than you. I've never been more inspired in my life than the people that I met at this event, the messages that I heard, the content that I received, the framework that I learned, the strategies. Holy shit. It just made me like, wow, I got a lot of work to do. And that's fine. I don't mind being motivated by people that are way better than me. So here nor there, I'm going to go over all of my takeaways in the next episode, but I have to finish what I started. And so this episode is I am worthy part two. So if you guys have not listened, go back and listen to uh, two weeks ago, last Friday, there was an episode called I am worthy part one. And it's the first episode in two years that I've ever opened up about being in a physically and mentally abusive relationship from the time I was like 15 to It really went on for about five years, but I didn't really get away until I was 21, 22. And that's just because I was so addicted and engulfed in it. Like I kept going back and, and again, looking back on it, this wasn't even a relationship, to be honest. It was just, um, someone that I was hooked on and stuck on and knew they had the power over me and control and would always come back to me, uh, when they needed me. And yeah really unfortunate situation. Um, But I've never opened up about it because I personally believed that I was over it. It happened eight, eight, nine years ago. 
Um, I thought I was over it. I thought I was done. And then there's this really funny thing about entrepreneurship and owning your own business and every decision you make becomes the fruits of your labor that good or bad that will make you look in the mirror and deal with anything and everything that you have ever suppressed. Because being alone this much um, makes you really question your happiness. You know, being alone this much really makes you think twice about who you are. Making solid decisions really makes you question your abilities and intelligence. And this year, more stuff that I suppressed had come up than ever before. I was when I was working corporate jobs and trying to get promotions and get ahead. I never really too often thought about uh, that situation because I was too busy. I was too focused. I was getting my master's degree. I was trying to get a promotion. I was traveling. I didn't have time to think. Um, and I think for a lot of us, it's really easy to get in that place. But if you are listening to this podcast and you're feeling stuck, like you're in that stranded phase where you've decided you want more or you already know you want more and you've begun this self-awareness journey, I have some really bad news for you. There is going to come a time where you're going to have to do some soul work. You're going to have to deal with your shit. It's all going to come to the surface roaring. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel ugly and it's going to piss you off. Because you're going to be like, wait a minute, I'm impacting all these people. I'm providing all this content. I'm writing a book. I'm doing a podcast. I'm I'm writing my blog. I'm creating a digital course. I, I just want to change lives. I want to impact people. I want to speak on stages. And there's something about the universe that says, I won't let you do that until you work on becoming whole. Now, what I did not say, and I want you guys to hear this really clearly, what I did not say is that you have to be whole to serve people. You do not have to be whole, but you also cannot pour from an empty cup. So you cannot go walk in your purpose with intention to serve and never serve yourself. Never lift and speak about the things that became who you are. I don't care what you say, but someone has hurt you in the past and it has somehow, some way become your identity. There might be someone listening to this that it hasn't, but for most of us, it has shifted who we are. It has shifted who we are. And so when this comes to surface, you have to deal with it. You have to. Trust me. I was like, wait, what? No, like I'm over that. That's gone. We're in entirely different relationships. I'm engaged. I'm about to get married. And you know what made me think the most that I was over it was I don't ever think about this person. I don't ever think about him. I don't ever wonder how he's doing. I, in my mind, have forgiven him. But that doesn't mean there's not triggers left. That doesn't mean there's not unhealed trauma. And that doesn't mean that I have forgotten it yet. And it's all been suppressed. I never dealt with it. I just pushed it down and moved the hell on. And eventually as time went on, it was really easy to forget about. It doesn't mean it was ever dealt with. So I say all of that to say that you may be in this place right now where you have begun to say, I want to get to know me. I want to be happy with me when I'm alone. I want to become more self-aware. I want to be the best version of myself. I want more. I want to do more. I want to provide more. I want to give more. I want to receive more. I need you to know that the shit that you've never dealt with 
is going to come flying to the surface. And it's going to be right in the middle of the moments when you felt like you were about to take the hell off. And it's going to scare you and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be ugly. And it's going to cause you to question everything. I can't, I would be wealthy as fuck if I had a dollar for every time Chris has had to grab me and look look me in my eyes and say, Jessica, I am not blank. I'm not him and I'm not trying to manipulate you. You need to stop. Because whether or not I'm in this relationship and completely present and so excited to marry my future husband, there are things where my mind is still stuck in those behaviors. Now, I'm not saying Chris nor I are perfect, but you better believe shit like that came up in our relationship all the time. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I was overly insecure, ruined a surprise because it felt like something fishy was going on. And because I didn't know what was going on, it made me insecure. It made me feel like he was cheating or doing something behind my back or, oh my God, like the high level of insecurity from my past, the inability to set boundaries. Like I'll never forget when we finally got into a role of communication where we could openly communicate about insecurities and how we felt about things. And Chris finally said something to me one day. He said, even if you felt like you had all the all the boxes checked and I, it seemed like I was doing something behind your back. If I was, I want you to be so damn confident and understand that you're so damn dope that if you thought I was, that then you could look in the mirror and be like, and what a fool he is. If he's really doing what I think he's doing, he's a damn fool. To not cry, to not curl up, to not get upset, to not beg for honesty. I mean, obviously you ask, I didn't mean it that way, but you know, like when you think somebody's doing something behind your back, when I was on that level in that relationship prior 10 years ago, I I was so manipulated that he could screw up and I would beg for him back. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like that's how toxic of an impact that relationship was on me. I've ruined birthday surprises. I've, he's given me gifts before and I'm literally like in awe. I'm like, what? That's so much. What do you want? Like, what do I need to do? What do I need? Like he's had to stop me and be like, you don't have to do anything in return for this. Like stop feeling responsible because I gave you something because I'm your man. Like, but I always felt like the shit from that past relationship made me feel like it was, everything was tit for tat, bad and good. I had become resentful. I had become, um, I always seeked revenge when it got to a certain, you know, place of toxicity. Like I'm about to get really deep and tell you some real crazy shit. That relationship was so toxic that I felt like if I wasn't buying him stuff, gifting him stuff or doing stuff for him that I was not worthy, which bled over into so many things into my life. But so bad that when I got with Chris and he wanted to do stuff with his friends or would go out maybe or do things and I didn't want to go, I would force myself to go because I was afraid if I didn't go, he wouldn't come home. And when I realized that no matter what the damn boy came home, I was like, wow, I was really, really manipulated and triggered to believe that like, 
Because I was in a relationship where the guy literally would just not come home or he wouldn't answer the phone for an entire night. And then the next night, you know, you know how this goes. Lead me to believe he was asleep or his phone went dead or whatever. Like that was a norm. That was like once a week. I mean, obviously we started when we were younger. So, but older, older years when we were both in college, like would literally not come home, would not answer my calls, would, would disappear for weekends at a time. Like I thought that shit was normal. Y'all, now, if I don't know where Chris is at for five minutes, I'm like, uh-uh, where you at? Like, you know you you know, you know, tell me where you're at. I mean, I'm being silly, but you get what I'm saying. Like, the level of manipulation that that relationship had on my mind, the belief in what I was worth, and the belief in what I deserved had me so far manipulated and so far gone that when I got into good relationships, one, I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to set expectations like... I I didn't even know. And all I wanted to do was overly love and overly give with the hopes that I would just get it in return. When I finally left him, I even got into another relationship um, with this guy I met in Orlando. Obviously, that didn't work out either. But the guy was nice as pie, sweetest thing ever, um, super the opposite, like, you know, um, lovey-dovey with me, all these things. And now, again, I was only like 22, 23. I finally move on, go get in a relationship with somebody else. I was so in love with this guy, y'all. I was head over heels. I thought he was the one. And I will never forget, I remember my mentor saying this to me. She met him a couple times and she said, he's so nice. Um, But I just want you to know that any relationship after the one that you've been in will feel better because anything is better. So like, she basically was saying to me, you don't have to think this is the one because it's progressively better than the last relationship you were in because almost anybody, any relationship you're in moving forward will be better than the relationship you were in. And sad to say, somewhat negative, but she was absolutely right. I mean, guy was super sweet, super great, wasn't ready for the type of relationship I wanted. Neither one of us were ready, to be honest. Like I needed to heal. And thank God, because we're both still friends. And then I took two years off to heal, really did life on my terms, on my own, lived by myself, learned, learned how to really cook the meals I wanted to cook, got super fit for the first time in my life, like just spent a lot of time alone and really like auditing my friends and handpicking who I was around, really learning what I liked and didn't like and focusing on my career. During that two years, I got the best job that I had ever had, best, best career move, made the best career move I had ever made two years of that, finally getting used to being alone, like really truly enjoying it to the point where I wasn't even dating anymore. It was kind of bad. I was like, man, I really got to get myself out here Um, in drops, Chris. And now granted, life was not perfect after that. We went through a lot of stuff, both from his past trauma and things that he needed to heal from and definitely from mine, because that thing did a number on me. But outside of relationships, this year in business, that shit came up. I question my worth. I can be indecisive. It, it was so hard for me to just decide how much I was going to charge because I, I, I struggled with even believing in what I provided because I had been told so much that I wasn't worth a damn. It got to a point this year where almost every move I made, every lack thereof, every time a fear came up, every time I didn't show up, that... I had to really look in the mirror and be like, there's a fear here. Where is it coming from? And when I dug deep enough, 
It was something that this man had told me before, said to me, said about me, said I wasn't never going to be nothing, said that people only liked me because of him, like that he was the reason that I was so great. <sighs> Listen, and again, I, I I keep using him as a as a catalyst for this conversation, but I want you guys to understand something. He's no longer a factor. I don't need to forgive him. I've already forgiven him. That is old, gone, and everything. But the things that happened in that relationship that became part of my identity are some of the very things that are holding me back now that if I don't bring them to the surface to heal, they will continue to hold me back and continue to hold you back from what you're meant to do. I really want you guys to understand what I'm saying. One, the stuff that you don't bring to the surface and you don't talk about, you never give it an opportunity to heal. What you really need to understand is every decision you make comes from an experience. Every decision you make comes from an experience or the lack there of a decision. You're being indecisive. You can't decide. You don't believe in your worth. You don't believe in your abilities. You don't believe in your intelligence. You don't believe in your ability to be in a relationship. Like <clears throat> your choice in men, all of that comes from experience. And I realized this year that every time I took a step forward and then took two steps back, it was because of the person I had identified with eight years ago in that relationship that I was dying inside just to be with that person. And I had become that woman. I had forced myself to become that woman, to be with a man that was never, ever, ever gonna see my worth, see my value or love me. It just wasn't there for him. There was nothing wrong with me. It doesn't mean when I was perfect in the relationship either, but there was nothing wrong with me. And there's nothing wrong with you. So whether you're at the fork in the road or you've begun the self-awareness journey, or maybe you're in the toxic relationship right now, I'm, I'm actually so happy we're finally talking about this and I'm finally being open about this because I pray to God you can skip the resentful phase. Because that right there, like, you know what I'm talking about if you've been through this. I had a year stint too that I didn't mention where I literally slept with everyone that I could find, did all of the totally inconsistent things, became an alcoholic, like got my DUI, literally was off the fucking chain, doing everything that I wanted to do, thinking that like, well, I'll just be more like him. I'll just do whatever I want. I'll stop worrying about people's feelings. I'll do men the way they do me. Like, hmm, ask me how that worked out. It didn't do anything but get me in trouble, help me drift in the wrong direction and give me everything I did not want. Trust me, I did it all. Not drugs, but I did it all. I went to the club with every football player you can imagine. I was in every room that you're supposed to, you think you're supposed to be in when you're 19 years old. I did it all. And what a crock of shit it was. And when you're leaving a toxic relationship, it's so easy or wanting to be toxic back to someone that's been toxic to you. It's so easy to find yourself in that place. And I challenge you to just really understand that <clears throat> the, the beginning of learning to understand that this is not your identity, the beginning of saying, okay, yes, I was treated like this, but I will not be a product, product of this. I will allow this experience to make me a better person and not let it become who I am. I will not become my trauma. I will not be a product of my trauma. You have to decide that you 
there is no benefit to being resentful. There is not one. So what do you do? So what do you do if you're not meant to be resentful? If you're stuck, stranded right now and you don't know what to do, what do I do? How do I heal? What's next? I just want to go over a few things before we talk about how to fix it because this episode is really about what are some steps you can take if you're in the healing zone or maybe you're trying to get away from it. Maybe you realize you know, recently that you are currently in a relationship like this, that's completely toxic, that's making you question your worth, all of that. But if you're, whether you're leaving it, looking to leave it, or you're finally dealing with those emotions again and looking to heal, I just want you to, I want to go over some things to help you understand how they're probably coming to the surface right now. And you may not even know it. Like, one of the things I realized the quickest was in therapy was that I had no boundaries. I had none. Addicted, people-pleasing personality, loved to please people, would put myself on the back burner for it, but I literally had none. Like I always had to be available for whoever I was with, always. Like I would drop, I would leave work early, I would do anything to be there for the person that I was dating. Willing to give more than was even necessary just in case that person wanted something or a lot of times I thought that on the other side of me giving up my time sacrificing my time giving this thing would be more love more admiration the things that I finally wanted from this person that that basically they were never going to give me and this went on with friendships too like my boundaries were non-existent did not exist So if you're struggling with boundaries, like I'm just this year getting into a place where I can really set boundaries with friends. I think it was a while ago that I finally learned to to set boundaries in, in relationships. But even the relationship after this guy, no boundaries, no flipping boundaries, y'all. Like boy could get whatever he wanted out of me, run me over. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying I wasn't a headstrong, intelligent woman, but Like I look at my relationship now and my relationship then and holy wow. Like I just, I always use this example because I feel like it's the clearest way to explain this, but I can be having the saddest day of my life feeling like, oh my God, am I depressed? What's going on with me? What's wrong with me? I could have a day where I just completely want to be lazy, lay in bed all day. I don't have those days very often anymore, but, or just come home and say, I just want to sit on the couch and watch TV or play with my son or look at the wall. Um, In this relationship, I am loved the exact same with Chris, the exact same when I have those days versus a day when I, my business, you know, I book three clients, I speak on stages, I buy Chris a surprise gift, I do all of these things, I wash the dishes, clean the house, cook, any of the things that you would look at as a check mark, as a good woman or a good girlfriend, I get treated the exact same in those moments as I do when I'm sitting on the couch doing nothing, when I call him and I have a mental breakdown, when I, you know, say I'm really struggling right now, I'm really insecure, I'm really embarrassed, I'm really scared, I'm really doubtful. I get treated in love the exact same. Whereas I remember in past relationships, I felt like, I felt like a child. Like it was like if I sat on the couch and tried to enjoy myself, I wasn't doing anything to push the relationship forward. I wasn't doing anything to make this man love me more. I wasn't showing up in this relationship enough. Um, And then when they asked for something, I was 
on my feet, ready to go. I mean, I was in relationships that I was, I dated someone in Orlando for a while that I literally remember driving there from Tampa three or four nights a week and then getting up at 4 a.m. to make it back to work on time at 8 a.m. just to be with this person at night. I know you guys are listening and you're like, yeah, I've definitely done something stupid like that. (laughs) If you listen to what I'm saying, it's clear. Like we are still dealing with those wounds. We are still in toxic relationships. We're still suffering from this trauma when we're not focused on ourselves. I was putting, I I was putting me last, like last, last. And I think the, one of the last big ways you can tell that you're still suffering from this because lack of boundaries, lack of expectations, like is triggers, triggers. Like if you're still suffering from triggers that the person that you're with or the relationship that you're trying to be in, um, those things still like you're still triggered and that person did not do them to you. I, these, this was triggers were one of the ways that I realized really quickly that I was still suffering and didn't know it thinking that I had forgiven him and I had let this go and it was long gone. And I don't even think about it because people didn't know me closely and knew what happened. They would always say like, it's funny. I have one best friend. I think I talked about this on part one. I have one best friend that's known me for like 12 years. She was with me the whole way through that relationship. And every time I talk about my wedding, she will text me every week and be like, Hey, how's the wedding planning going? How's this? How's that? And I'm like, yo, it's everything's fine. Like, or I'll be behind or whatever. And she'll be like, I just, I just can't wait for this to happen because nobody knows what you've been through and nobody knows how much you deserve this. Like, I'm so happy when she met Chris, she was like, I love him. And I love that you found someone that finally treats you the way you should be treated. Like, that's how awful this was. But I still have triggers that are things that Chris never did to me that still affect me like immensely. Like he will he could be somewhere and I will call him and he won't answer the phone. And then he calls me back five minutes later. And what do I do? I have a fucking attitude. I have an attitude because my trigger says, "Mm, there were times for years when you would call someone and they wouldn't answer. And you'd find out three days later, they were cheating. They just stepped out of the room and made that phone call. But ultimately you knew that they were cheating and you found that out five days later. Why is this situation any different? Like a couple weeks ago, y'all still, a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> I think I, I don't even remember what happened, but I was out of town. He was home. Chris was home. I called him. I called him and he said, I'm at this birthday party. I'll call you back. And I knew he was there already. And he didn't call me back. He forgot. And what do I do? <clears throat> I go to bed mad. I think he's out doing whatever he wants. My triggers are like, you know this feeling. You felt this before. You felt this level of insecurity before. Why are you letting this happen? You need to protect yourself. Screw him. Blah, blah, blah. This is the man I'm about to marry and here I go feeling like this. I go to sleep. But instead of saying something, I hold my tongue because I'm like, you'll just start a fight because you know how ridiculous you are right now. But you're fighting this internal feeling that is a trigger because you felt this before. And your ego says every time that you felt this before, it was something very dangerous. Run away, run away, run away. But I said, you know what? Shut up and go to sleep. I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning. He sends me a video at 12, like 10 at night of him in our bed saying, hey, I'm just telling you I'm going to bed. I'm home. I forgot to call you back. I know you're probably mad, but I'm home now. It's 1201 or whatever. Um, sorry, I didn't call you back. We, you know, we stayed there and drank and whatever. And now I'm home. Y'all, 
if I could tell you even the stuff that goes through my head that I have to like waver off just from that experience, even knowing that those are not traumas that came from Chris, I still have to heal from those things because I still deal with those things. And some of you guys are dealing with those things from family members, from best friends, you're dimming your light, you're not taking opportunities to speak up or speak out because you had one close friend to you that is saying like, oh, you know, everybody goes to that or oh, that's not a big deal. Or they just give you that vibe that makes you feel that they're like, who do you think you are? Because they want what you have. Or they want the talent that you have or the gift that you have. But I'm telling you all of these ridiculous stories because I want you to understand that you are not your trauma. You do not have to be a product of your experiences. And no matter where you are right now, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are lovable, regardless of the shit relationships, regardless of the people Regardless of what they've said, what they've done, what you felt, do not let this be your identity. Do not let the way you've protected yourself, the person you've become dictate where you're going because I have and I did. And that's what I have spent an entire year recovering from is healing those wounds so that I can step into step in fully into who I'm being called to be. I've said this before, but your trauma, your experiences, the things you've been through are not meant to be silent about because they are going to be someone else's survival guide. And we are done believing and getting confused, thinking that we are unremarkable because we've gone unnoticed for so long. Forget that. Step out there. Get out there. Like, I cannot wait until you fully step into who you're meant to be and the person that harmed you, hurt you, I promise you there's no sweeter revenge. I'm all for not being resentful, but there's a different type of revenge when you lead by example, period. So real quick, because what I promised in this episode was tangible steps. So I want to go over some things that I personally did this year to get this out and I'm going to talk about therapy on here briefly, but what I want you to understand that I learned this year is you can go to therapy for years. That covers your conscious. The things that you think about, the things, decisions that you make to protect yourself, therapy will help you uncover things that really speak to your conscious. I think that doing some of these things that we're going to talk about is really going to dig into your subconscious because your subconscious is really just like decisions that you don't even realize that you make based off experiences that you've had trauma, how you've made these things, your identity. Like I want you to learn to tap into these things as you heal from toxicity. I want you to learn how to tap into these things or just try some of these things. Just try them. So number one, journaling daily, journaling daily, journaling daily. And sometimes I even hate to utter these words out of my mouth because I really feel like this is like, this is the hot button for 2019, like 2020, we're still saying it, but I promise you people are saying it because it's the same thing as they tell you, how often do you hear with, with dieting and losing weight? Well, it's really 80% of what you eat and 20% of what you do. That's because it's fucking true. Journaling works and I don't care how you do it. I, 
I listened to a podcast, a, an incredible podcast the other day that talked about if journaling's not working for you, it's not because it doesn't work. It's because you're doing it wrong. And I know they'll say like, well, some people like to listen to podcasts and some people like to do this and some people like to read books. I agree a thousand percent, but I don't care what you say. There is science behind when your pen hits the paper and you write, there's a different way that you receive information in a different way that you really comprehend it in the way that you can like work through things when you're writing. So really quick, there's some different ways that you can journal. If you've just tried opening up a journal, writing in it with a date at the top and just writing, that can get a little weird. That can get a little weird, especially when you're trying to heal something. So a few quick tips. There's something called brain dumping, very similar to journaling, but you could say, okay, for five minutes, I'm going to write, I'm going to set a clock and I'm just going to write and I'm going to write everything I think. I'm not going to think that anyone's ever going to read this. I'm not going to think that anyone's ever going to check this. This is not a test. I could not get in trouble for this. I can say whatever the heck I want and I'm going to write everything that comes to my brain, even if it's you know, this really hurt me. I thought about what this person did to me. I'm really not over it. Oh, what's in the fridge? What am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to do today? How am I going to get that workout in before tonight? Oh yeah, back to this, blah, 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 blah. Just write. You write until the clock is over, even if it takes up four pages, because it's called a brain dump. There is scientific evidence that after you brain dump every morning, that you literally have a clearer mind because it's, you literally write out all the crap that's in your mind in the morning when you're trying to get focused on being a, a perfect person for the day, really, because that's what our brains are telling us. Like, traffic sucks. If I could just get to work faster. Oh, I wish I would have cooked last night so that my kids had a better meal, blah, 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 blah. I wish I wouldn't have spent that money yesterday so that I could go out to eat for lunch today. Like, really, it's just all the crap in our brain that's so focused on us being a perfect person. So you can try brain dumping. If you don't think that's for you, get on Google and Journal, I mean, and Google journal or healing journal prompts, journal prompts, you will find a slew of journal prompts. If you could just find like a hundred journal prompts about healing and just ask yourself a question every day in your journal and write it out. Do you know what you could probably come up with? What type of healing experience you could probably create for yourself? Just Google journal prompts. Just find 12. Just focus on finding 12 and do one every other day and write the truth out on paper. I'm telling you, there's something about writing and there's even something more about writing and going back and reading it. I read something I wrote to myself in the hospital when I was in, when Cameron was in the NICU, the first day he was born, I wrote about how guilty I felt and that I was, after that, I was going to let it go. I was going to let go of the guilt. And I read it like probably eight months ago. Um, It made me cry. But I was so happy after I read it because I was like, wow, I do not feel that way anymore about myself. Thank God. Like I have healed and let go of the shame that I felt from Cameron coming early. So write, journal, 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 journal. Go buy one. Go buy you a nice journal at Target today. I don't care what you say. So number one is journaling. Number two, this is another writing exercise, but it's different. I want you to write out all of the excuses that you're telling yourself as to why you're staying in this toxic relationship. That's A. That's A part of this. Write down all the excuses you tell yourself as to why you're still in this relationship. So for example, if they're like, I can't leave because everyone knows I've been with this person and no one else is going to want to be with me. Or I can't leave because what if I don't find someone else? Which is, you've allowed yourself to believe that's totally possible. I want you to write down three to five excuses as to why you stay. And then I want you to rewrite them positively and intentfully. So for example, you could rewrite them by just rewording them with from I can't to I can change it up a little bit. 
So instead of I can't leave because I don't think I'll find someone else, I can't wait to leave because I deserve better and the better person is out there waiting for me. I can't wait to leave so I can begin to heal my scars and become a better woman. Like rewrite them. And then when you rewrite them, don't close the book and never look at it again. Rewrite them and read them for 21 days to yourself. I don't care if you ball the thing up and put it in your purse, but read it over and over to yourself because you have to unlock these feelings that you've created about yourself and your relationship and recreate them and retrain your brain to actually believe this perspective or else you're going to stay stuck. Now, if you're already out of it and you're like me and you're just realizing that toxicity from five years ago is still a part of who you are, what could you write? A lot of that for me became writing my triggers. So I wrote out my triggers, like clear as day. And like, I had to be really honest with myself because women, we try, ladies, we try to be hard a lot. Like we try to be really tough and pretend like stuff don't bother us. You know, like, oh, he didn't answer the phone. Girl, that's, he's so stupid, but you know, but I had to write out like when he doesn't answer the phone, I think he's doing something bad. You know, I had to write like when he's out of town, I, I wonder, I catch myself worrying and wondering who he's with. And then I had to rewrite it, rewrite it. Like, like when he's out of town, you know where he's at. You know who he's with. He tells you everything that you ask. There's no unanswered question. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Like I had to retrain my brain to believe and understand that based off this man's actions, what he does and what he says that are both aligned, he would do anything for me. Anything for me. And that at the end of the day, if he did do something stupid, what an idiot. Cause I am the shit and I'm so worthy. I am so worthy of being loved and so worthy of being faithful to, and so worthy of being in an incredible relationship. So number one, you're journaling daily. Number two, write your excuses, tell yourself why you're staying or tell yourself what your triggers are and then rewrite them and reread them until you believe them. Number three, therapy. I know I talked about it earlier, but therapy, 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 therapy. If you are just starting out on this journey, you can feel the level of toxicity, the trauma, the manipulation that you've gotten so far off of who from who you are. This might be a lot of deep shit for you. Maybe you just need to start with a therapist. And this coincided with the therapist is great shit. By the time I got to the therapist, I really liked There was a lot of things where she was like, you're one of my easiest clients because you really get it. Like, it's just a matter of kind of rewording some of the things you understand and understanding your feelings. I just didn't understand how to appropriately own the feelings that I had felt from some of these things. And, you know, there was some forgiveness, some different levels of forgiveness required and grace. Grace was a big one for me. So therapy, like, and be willing to try a few. I... It wasn't until my fourth therapist that I really had a significant change and it was all about relatability. I couldn't really relate to the ones before I got to this one. She was great. So number three, therapy. Number four, uh, try a breathwork session. If you've never heard of breathwork, it is incredible. 45 minute to an hour and a half exercises of really deep, deep breathing. There are a 
bazillion trained professionals out there, but my favorite personal favorite is the one that did it at our event. Her name is Vanessa Charles. She came to innovative income and did an incredible breathwork session with all the women there. And every single woman there said that it literally took everything toxic that they had suppressed and pulled it out and put it on the table in front of them to look at and deal with and decide what they were going to do next with it. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you have suppressed until you have to look it in the face. And so you might be stuck right now and you haven't even met it face first yet, but you know it's there. You know it needs to come out and you have no freaking clue what to do. You need to try a breathwork session. Trust me and believe it can't harm you. It can't hurt you. It can only benefit you and it will blow you away. Go search Vanessa Charles. If you can't, Google breathwork sessions. I'm sure you can find someone local to you. Um, She does them virtually as well. You can find someone local to you that will do this with you. Trust me, it's worth it. Number five. Um, super simple, but yeah, I keep meeting people that can't figure this out. Find some friends that won't talk about it with you. Like will no longer talk about it with you because this is speaking from a previous toxic person. What do we do? We want to call somebody up and talk about how bad the thing is that this person done has done knowing good and damn well, we're going to go back to it. You only need to be around people that will either encourage you to believe and feel better about you or help you distract you right? Because when I finally walked away from that relationship, I was actually living in a city alone with no one I knew. But when I finally walked away from that relationship, I had to get myself around people and talk to people on the phone that I was like, the conversation had to stop becoming, you know, guess what he did. I'm so hurt. I'm so this, I'm so that. It had to become, I'm leaving a toxic relationship right now. I need all the support that I can get. Um, I would appreciate any prayers, love, things that you guys can help me with, you know, and that open communication helped me so much because people would invite me to places. People would come over and spend time with me. And it's not like, it's not like a a damn at home experiment, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like when you are leaving a toxic relationship, you need that support and you only need to be around people that are ready to have that space for you and give you that level of support when you just need to be loved and supported and not talk about the drama and the toxicity and the things that just stir the pot with this manipulation that you have been engulfed in forever and kind of lost who you are in the process. So number five, find some supportive friends. Number six, This is another off the wall one, but if you've never heard of it, never considered it, it might be time. I want you to consider EFT, which is also called, it's also known as tapping, literal tapping, tapping. You tap all your nerves um, in your face, chest, and side body area. And um, there is tapping for almost everything that you need to do in your life. So it sounds really crazy, but I freaking love it. I've done a lot of tapping exercises around money. There's an entire book on it called Tapping Into Wealth. And they literally mean tapping into wealth. There's something about the experience. You can do it from any, anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes uh, that just causes a numbing. And y'all, I, I always have so much clarity after tapping. Like so much clarity. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know exactly what I need to do. Or it just like turns me up a notch. I don't know. I can't explain it. But there's a ton of tapping exercises around healing and leaving toxic relationships. They're literally all over YouTube. So you can literally type in YouTube um, tapping for healing, tapping for leaving toxic relationships. There are some gurus on there. Trust me, you will love it. You'll, you'll, You'll either love it or hate it. But 
um, if you're in a place of insanity, what feels like you're in a spinning wheel and you keep going back or you can't seem to heal from this or you keep, keep identifying with these same ridiculous behaviors, it might be time to do something insane. Yes. Right. Okay. Number seven, last one. Understand that at this point, when you are moving on, you have to focus on three, three really important things and put them first. And all three of these are going to be hard. And here's why, because when you've been in a relationship like that, that you've been fighting for, that you're trying to get someone to love you, that you're, that will never love you. You are entirely depleted. You are depleted. You are empty and you have gotten so far away from focusing on yourself that you've probably forgotten how. So there's no better time than the present to focus on your health, your wealth, and your mindset. You should be deep diving and so damn busy in YouTube videos, podcasts, be building yourself up inside of a female community that is dealt with what you have dealt with before, mentors, coaches, you name it, all of them, to be in just this optimal positive mindset that has got you so far focused from the toxicity that one day you will just open up and wake your wake or wake up and open your eyes and be like, wow, I literally have not thought about that in three days. I have not been triggered in two weeks. I have not even thought about this at all anymore. Wow. You should be so damn busy focused on your health, your wealth, and your mindset that no one, including this individual, could trigger you. And I promise you, if you do this right, one, you'll be too busy to give a shit about anyone. And two, you will naturally begin to heal yourself without even knowing, without even knowing. This was the most vulnerable episode. I've been pretty vulnerable. I would like to give myself some credit, tap myself on the back for that one. But I've never gotten wildly open about some of these relationships, some of the stupid things I do in my existing relationship. God bless Chris. Sometimes I tell him like, you really deal with me on a level that most people would never understand because there are still things that I am healing from, you know, period. And this is not a pity party. I told you this because I want you to know that I've been there and you might be there. You might still be healing from there and it will come up again between where you're at now and the most successful version of you is the soul work in between that is dealing with moments, traumatic moments in your life that made you who you are. Remember, I am worthy. I am lovable right now, no matter what, if I don't do another damn thing, I am worthy. I am lovable. All right. Happy Friday. I freaking love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.